Mando. Sit back, relax for your edumacation. Hakuna and Orifice are the new sensation. Saying dumb shit and talking queer media. Famous on Tyler Perry social media. Just a couple of gem girls and we say what we please. Welcome to our world, the immortal frenemies. Wenda, who goes there? Wenda, who? <laughs> Wenda, oh. Wenda, why didn't you just say so? Wenda, girl, it is good to see you up in the gemisphere. That is the Immortal <laughs> Frenemies podcast. Currently in our charmed era, where Shannon yes. Doherty has assumed a role in the pantheon of eyeballs. She has. She really has. Because we are talking at length and ad infinitum. 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 infinitum? Aluminium. So. Aluminium. About infinitum the, is like of the infants. Of the ad... Well, both work, I guess. Uh, about the 90s slash early 2000s classic, Charmed, I Am Orifice Jones, the when to go, that's when to gone, done, and did, and finished. <laughs> and I'm Hakuna Matitties, the when to go who may be Wendy Williams. Because, like, they both feed off of other people's anguish, you know, and they also have very long, talon-like fingers and, like, really scary eyes. <laughs> Yeah, all those <laughs> things are true about you, Wendy Williams, and Wendigos. <laughs> and anyway, today, if you couldn't already guess by the one-dimensional, or rather, Wendigo-mentional mm-hmm. repetition of the Wendigo of it all, yes, we went there, yeah, really, 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 I don't know how I feel about I guess that. we'll stop at this point. So yeah, if you hadn't guessed already, we are talking about Charmed Season 1, Episode 12, simply and succinctly titled The Wendigo. And I didn't pronounce that word properly, yeah, but succinctly, yeah, succinctly. Succinctly. It's a fun word, but also hard to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll suck your succinctly. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll suck, suck your inly bitch. Succinctly, I'll do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. So it, this episode is directed by our furry-loving friend James Ellisleway Conway. <laughs> Disclaimer, we have no idea if JLC is into furry shit. No idea. We're just assuming based on this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's written by everyone's favorite threesome, Constant M. Burge. Yeah, who's like, <laughs> I don't know, a French <laughs> landowner amidst the revolution or something, you know? Like, you don't want to fuck up with a Constant M. Burge. She may or may not have been a vampire. I really, I don't like that name. Edith Svensson. Svensson, yeah. Edith yeah. Svensson. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that name. Me too, yeah, and it's strong. I hate this name. Javier Grillo Marquach. Yeah, it's a tough one. I love a Javier. Mark it's Swatch. It's Grillo Mark Swatch. That's like, it's, but like Marshwash. I don't know. Mark Swatch. Mark Swatch. Mark Swatch. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's a Mark Swatch. <laughs> oh, I had no idea it was a Grillo Mark Swatch. Anyways. So, Wendy, what happens in this motherfucking episode? Well, oh Wendy, you don't even know, bro. <laughs> Wendy, it's Wendy, you don't even know, bro. The folks over at <laughs> I Am Dumb Bitch do, though, and they describe this episode that aired on February 3rd, 1999, as the one where... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> as the one where... Piper is attacked by a vicious beast, and Andy goes on a stakeout with an FBI agent who is hunting a creature, period, Mm. end quotation. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. It's also the one that might be a thinly veiled metaphor for homos hooking up in parks. I think so. And I think a lot of things involving parks and people in them are, are... a thinly veiled <laughs> yeah. metaphor. Yeah, honestly, for you're so right. Literally, you put a person in a park, it's like, oh, this is a thinly veiled <laughs> metaphor. For homos hooking up the Yeah, place. if there's a bush, then I'm like, is someone sucking dick <laughs> Exactly. It? Is someone getting railed behind that bush? Because it <laughs> seems like it. There's a bush there. Okay, you know how trees have, like, a hole in them sometimes? And uh, it looks 100%. like a pussy, like uh-huh. a trussy? Uh-huh, a trussy. trussy. Yes, yes. Uh, like, yeah. Do people put their dicks in those? I assume it must be used as, like, some sort of, like, natural kind of like hand hook for when you're getting plowed from behind because you want to arch your back you know what i mean (laughs) okay i did not think about that it's also a place where you can conveniently store your drugs for later right and or condoms you know hashtag safe sex Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unless it like some sort of slutty squirrel gets it like like, yeah but you know what at least they're using protection yes because if yes. the sliding squirrel's going to get busy, I want them to be safe. Right. I don't want them to have unwanted squirrel babies. Yeah. You know, they got they only have so many nuts to store throughout the winter. So they got to, <laughs> you know, be also cautious with their other set of nuts. You know what I mean? It's it's like a nut ratio to ratio. It's a nut to nut ratio. Stop saying nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I can't now that I stopped. Now that I started. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. Is, is this... <laughs> episode just a thinly veiled metaphor for like gay stuff in parks or 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 um is it the one that should be about werewolves and instead they went wendigo with it and like wendy why not you know you you wendy you know (laughs) oh wendy i do know uh um anyways we're 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 in the wendy we wendy did done did it already and we haven't even started talking about the episode so yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. That was too much, probably. That was a lot for yeah. <laughs> a lot for everybody, us included, I think. Uh, yeah. What you don't know in the edit is we took a forty-five minute break so we could sit silently, um, <laughs> just to recover. Anyways, yes. So we open up. Anyway, yeah. Let's start. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're up on Piper. She's in a pickle. She's got a flat tire, and Phoebe. They have cell phones. Which I wasn't sure what era of the 90s we were in yet. Because they seem to have functional cell phones. Yeah. I mean, in 1998, they definitely did have cell phones. Yeah, but, like, you like know, it's, like, it's so far. Like, we were, what, like, nine, eight years old? Like, that yeah. is the same time to me as, like, 13, you know? Which is also, a, like, a, a very big time jump. Literally, yes. temporally. Okay. <laughs> if we're going to get literally temporal with it. Yeah, yeah. So they somehow have have uh, cell phones. I think I think they did exist, but they weren't like super duper. No, 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 no. Of course, of course. I think like you're right. By this point, like I think my mom probably had a cell phone by before two thousand. That seems right. Yeah, I mean, probably your mom's this a is, business lady. So yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She was yakking. Witch. She was yeah, business witch uh, in the sitch. She was she was talking and yakking, playing snake and stuff. I remember that. Anyway, so yeah, Piper has a phone which she's using to call her sisters. It's because... just really important that we establish that fact. And I think there's more <laughs> to unpack there. I think there's more to unpack there. 
feel like if we take this long to discuss every verb, noun, subject, adverb, it's going to take us like 40 years. Yeah, I mean, true, but also like you have nothing else to do. So not a Yeah, yeah, no, I, I have no life. A bitch yeah, is yeah. single. Exactly, exactly. Also, when you're gay and untalented, you know, what else do you have to do? Oh, my God. <laughs> that that line in that movie, I was like, oh, yeah, that resonates. I feel that. Yeah, 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 Fortunately, I'm yeah. gay and talented, but, like, I can understand what it would be like to be gay and untalented. Yeah, gay and untalented. Really, Ooh. you have nothing going for you. Yeah, man. Ugh. They only like you if you, like, dress really well or yeah, uh, you're, like, like, really, really good at musical theater. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> if you're gay and average, it's like, what? I don't understand that. Yeah. You know? Are you even gay, though? Um, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So Phoebe is stuck in the middle of nowhere with a Pipes. flat tire. Piper, sorry, is stuck in the middle of nowhere uh, with a flat tire. And she calls Phoebe and Prue. She's like, yo, do you know how to change a flat tire? Phoebe, you know, gives us some really important exposition where she's like, I used to date a mechanic. And so she I used, know how no, to no, She this. used to date a guy who drove like a 67 Lincoln. And she used to date a mechanic. So she has not only cool girl car knowledge <laughs> in terms of like recognizing classic cars, but also cool girl car knowledge of knowing how to fix cars. Right. It's just a Piper weird thing. Piper doesn't get it though. Yeah, Piper doesn't get it. I just think it's like a weird thing that's always like inserted with like the you know the cool girl character, like the character, like the girl that all the guys want to get with always knows shit about cars. Right. Yeah, she's like the girl next door, but she can also hang with one of the guys. Yeah, crack open so a beer. I know, it's like, fuck off. Right. So Piper is, like, listening to these instructions. She's like, I don't know, would a wooden spoon work for, like, ratcheting up this this lever thing? <laughs> and, and it doesn't. It does not. And Phoebe's like, let's just, we'll pick you up, whatever. She's right. like, no, no, no. I'll figure it out. I have my powers to protect me. It's the middle of the night, okay? She's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Middle of nowhere? You're a lone lady, you know? I get it. You can freeze time, kind of, but also, you're stranded. Yeah. And so... Lo and um, behold. Yeah, lo and behold, she finds out that she's being pursued by some creature. She runs into a phone booth, and the creature, like, you know basically like claws at her yeah yeah through yeah. the phone booth so, and like <laughs> gets her arm it was also like kind of it was kind of a funny scene a little bit i, I part of the reason why i love this episode is the wendigo so i, I sent you a photo earlier of mm -hmm. that was a photo of the the werewolf in the early buffy episodes in mm -hmm. do you not think it looks like the wendigo of this episode it does it, it looks does. very similar like, they went to the same, like, party city aisle and nabbed out that costume. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Wendigo is super low budget. Like, it has yellow eyes, but also it just looks like some guy in a fursuit. Yeah, looks like some guy in a fursuit. Um, and, <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I was really a fan of, like, of Wendigo Piper. Mainly because I had, like, a weird, like, kind of hunch to it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was a mood. But um, before that, this is the original Wendigo. And we see Piper, yeah, kind of, she traps herself into a phone booth. And I remember watching this scene. I was like, well, Piper, why don't you just freeze time? 
fast forward 10 minutes, they have like a throwaway line where Phoebe asks her that. And Piper's answer is, well, I was in the phone booth and I can't freeze time outside of the room I was in. And I was in a phone booth. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, I feel stupid yeah. for asking. Well, yeah, if something is like hot on your tail in pursuit of you and you know that it's probably going to catch up to you before you can make a phone call to anyone who would be <laughs> of any help to you, why wouldn't you just stay outside of the phone booth and freeze time? But, or, or like, I, like, I don't know, I guess, like, not get caught up in that very specific limitation because you have frozen time in rooms that have far surpassed the space of a phone booth. And mm -hmm. if you're like, oh, no, man, I'm in this phone booth. I can't freeze time inside of this bad boy. This is going to do nothing. It's like, right. I mean, come on, Piper. Use your brain here. Right. And also the thing clawed through the door or something. Right. Anyway. Right. right. So uh. important for the scene, the, the Wendigo. We haven't learned it's a Wendigo yet, but we wanted to know, you know? And yeah, we wanted to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we wanted to know for sure. Yeah, we wouldn't have been done knowing. Anyways, and <laughs> enters this dude named Billy. And, like, I'm going to say it from the get-go. I hated Billy. Uh, Billy sucked. Yeah. So Billy comes yeah. up in here, you know, randomly. Some random guy appears with a, uh, a flare gun, shoots it at this Wendigo creature, and it flees the scene. Uh, and I think then we get the opening credits, some, something to that effect. Yeah, so he knows that it's afraid of fire. Um, and I'm just going to kind of jump around here to, like, yeah, know, yeah, fill yeah, the gaps. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. basically, like, Billy's whole thing is that his fiance, he and his fiance had an encounter with the Wendigo. And the Wendigo um, devoured her heart. Wait, okay, this is, like, actually... So most of the scenes involving Billy, I, like, I... I really, like, laughed out loud. I, like, I lulled. Uh, one, when he first entered with that flare gun, because I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He looks mad evil. Right. Um, <laughs> then, when he told this story, because he was explaining how um, he knows that the thing is afraid of fire. He's like, yeah, it attacked me and my wife. I picked up a log out of the fire, and then it got scared and it ran off, but... Before I could do that, it ripped the heart out of my fiance, and I was like, "Dude, it just did that while you were grabbing a log? Like, are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, you didn't even try to like jump in her way. Yeah, it's like I think like the nabbing of a heart takes like a hot second, if not minute. You might have been a little preoccupied, a little too preoccupied with that flaming log. You know what I mean? I mean, like, maybe he was trying to find the right log he could grab the end of, and he was like, oh, so hot, so hot, so hot. Well, yeah, I Takes mean, I can see that, yeah, the, the, I can see, like, the, the, the comedy of that, but uh, <laughs> his wife was dying, getting her heart ripped comedy, out. Yeah. <laughs> In the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he has a vendetta against this bitch. Yeah, uh, yeah The bitch yeah, being yeah. one to go, Wendy, right. Wendy, <laughs> Wendy, Wendy Williams. Yeah, exactly. Wendy, Wendy, go Wendy, Williams. Go Williams. Wendy go Williams. <laughs> Wendy go Williams. <laughs> so Wendy go Williams to Wendigo. You know what? Like she, the transformation from Wendy Williams to Wendy go Williams wouldn't be that that big. Would, it would like 
Yeah, like... Yeah, it wouldn't be that big of a jump. It's, like, not even, you know, ape to, like, missing link and then man. You know what I mean? There's, like, Wendigo <laughs> Williams is the missing link. Right. I mean, her wig would become a little bit more frayed or, like, a little <laughs> bit more frizzy. <laughs> but also her eyes grow a little somehow. bit more deranged. <laughs> huh? But also her wig would grow somehow. Yeah, yeah, it would grow and just... <laughs> yeah, you don't want a Wendigo Williams, man. That's uh, that's hardcore. What was her catchphrase again? Oh, it's like a Wendigo. Wendy. How you doing? How you doing? There you go. There you go. How you doing? When when she transforms into Wendigo Williams, she would be like, "How you doing?" <laughs> then nabs your fucking heart. And if she did it quick like well. that, I'd be like, yo, Billy, I get it. <laughs> anyway. When you know Williams be snatching up hearts left and right. Um, which yeah, is... I mean, she already snatched the heart of America. <laughs> so true. Snatched my heart. You're right. Um, so we learn the Wendigo, the titular Wendigo, specifically in this case. And not the titular that we mean Wendigo Williams because she has huge tits. We mean this Wendigo. Um... Because we're, we're past the credits, we're in the hospital, <laughs> uh, Piper is getting treated for her Wendigo wound, and uh, the doctor is like, I don't know, kind of being a dick the entire time. I, I, I think his energy was weird. But the most important part is we meet this like random FBI investigator who yes. is like maybe my favorite worst actress in the world. She looks like an elongated uh, Alyssa Milano. Oh, you're not wrong. I kept fucking wrong. thinking that. This she is... Looks like if Alyssa Milano and a praying mantis had a baby. <laughs> what do you think about that? You're not wrong or another elongated <laughs> creature. You could say like a stick worm or a stick bug. <laughs> uh, stick bug. You could say... <laughs> you know those weird monkeys with the weird long faces? I don't know. One of those... But I think the most, I think the most important thing to emphasize here for me Mm -hmm. is that her name is my name, Jocelyn, Uh but her full name is Jocelyn Seagrave, right? Which makes me feel like, like, is a bitch gonna die at the sea? Yeah, or is someone gonna throw her corpse overboard? I think both are true. Like your her death has prophesied your death by sea. Her death by sea means your death by sea. Because she's Jocelyn Seagrave, that means you're, you're Jocelyn, your grave will be by the sea. Uh, oh, the sea will be your grave. Wow, the sea will be my grave. And like, <laughs> what, do you, what am I going to say about it? Um, I also want to go to wow. the second image that I sent you of yes. um, the actress who plays the aunt in Roseanne. What's her name? She's a f- famous actress. Uh, I wanna, I wanna go. Oh, Laurie, Laurie Metcalf, Laurie Metcalf. Pretty sure she's a lesbian too. So like, shout out. Um, okay. Anyways, she plays the the image that I sent you is Debbie Salt, the kind of like you know fake name for the character that she really is. Regardless, I thought she was giving very much the same energy as this FBI agent in this episode. They look very similar. I thought. They do. They do. 
Very I strong Debbie Salt. Does she transform into anything? She is revealed as one of the killers in Scream 2. Mm. No, 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 and she gives the exact same energy of, like, this... What's what's this agent's name? I can't... I don't remember. Uh, Fallon. Fallon, Fallon. So, like, Jimmy... Or Fallon... Not Jimmy. Not Jimmy Fallon. There we go. <laughs> it took me a while. It took, it took a while for my brain sure. to, like, come up with anything that was, I guess, somewhat sensical. Regardless... Uh, our girl Fallon, um, much like Debbie Salt in that movie, is, like, going to every crime scene. It's like, oh, hmm, wonder what happened here. Oh, hmm, yeah, oh, yeah, you think the killer did that? Hmm, wonder. Yes. Which is, like, she's doing this in every scene. It's, like, my favorite thing. And it's like, dude, can you, can you, like, dial it down a little bit? But also, okay, my whole thing is if she's... The Wendigo, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Who, right. <laughs> no one's fucking listening. Okay, so she's a Wendigo who's, like, masquerading as an FBI agent. My question is, like, has Andy not, like, done any sort of background check on who this woman is? This bitch just, like, pops up out of nowhere and she's like, I'm Agent Fallon of the FBI. And he's like, okay, sure. Well... My take was, like, she is Agent Fallon. Like, that is her cover. Like, she is an FBI agent. Uh, and mm. that's how she's able to murder people so easily. Mm, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that was my read. Because they eventually go to, like, the FBI agent, like, headquarters. Because Billy, before he gets killed, is like, Oh, hey, Agent Fallon, I learned all this, like, hot intel on Wendigo stuff. And Fallon is like, Oh, really? I don't want anyone <laughs> to learn about it. So, everyone, no, 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 because she says, like, oh, yeah, everyone thinks I'm weird here already. So, let me walk you to your car, and you can tell me on the way, as we're alone, and no one else is around. And, yeah, then she snaps the bitch's neck. (laughs) Yeah. She was super bait. I, like, locked her long-ass face, and I was like, this woman's evil. I know! She, as soon as she appeared on screen, it's, like, hard not to clock her as, like, oh, she's evil. Yeah, it's those cheekbones. It's the cheekbones, it's the chewing of the scenery, it's the the mm. coat, I want to say. Yes. Um, speaking of coats, I know this is, like, really getting ahead of ourselves, but there's, uh, <laughs> in the scene where Piper is, um, at Quake, and she's feeling really unwell because she got bitten by a Wendigo. <laughs> Or, as like, one, do, as Wendigo. one does. As one, as, yeah, 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 yeah. She got bitten by Wendigo Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's really not feeling well, um, and she's like dying at the counter. And then <laughs> some guy comes in from the. Uh, he's like a food Sanitation inspector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and he looks. He's like this really super tall, like Asian guy. I remember, yeah, yeah. Um and. He looks like three children in a trench coat. <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, you're not wrong. Because he was, one, gigantic. Two, I mean, he, he was he was a head and then all coat. So it could have been. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, tr- beige trench coats were, like... <laughs> The unsung, like, supporting actors. Of oh, this episode, episode, they were they were carrying most of the plot. It was, yeah. 
they were a plot device. They were like a a part of the a part of the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so funny though. Yeah, could have been three children. Yeah, could have been three children. And they're like, listen, I'm not gonna like. Boy, I will say it, cause like you know, a 45 year old Asian man and a 12 year old Asian boy could be the same person. You never oh know. You never know. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just a 12 year old, a 45 year old Asian man is just two 12 year old Asian boys. <laughs> exactly, because it works by a factor of two. Because it's not two plus two; it's two times two, times two. Oh my god. And that is how <laughs> and math that, works. And that's, math, that's math, people. That's mathematication. I also feel like 12 times 12. No, 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 no. Because no, it's, it's 12 plus 12 times 2. That's what it is. Oh, I see. Okay, because it's like two, 12 times 12 is 140. Yeah, yeah. No, that's like a, a very large number. I don't know how math works. What? Get here. I say it's mathematics, not mathematics. Oh my god. So yeah. Um so yes, we did jump ahead we here because it's really important to talk about coats. But it's, I guess like this, it really this is. Whole no, 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 no. Thing is yeah, everyone important in this episode is wearing a large trench coat of sorts. Uh <laughs> and you know no no no, but it, it really signals different things throughout the episode on Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy non Fallon, it's or Fallon non Jimmy, it's it really gives evil energy on Inspector Trudeau slash Andy. It always gives like he always looks kind of nice in it. In mm-hmm. the food inspector, it gives the children. So <laughs> these are all states of being, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a holy trinity. Exactly, which it works because like it's like the three in one, and one of those things is three. <laughs> right, a trench coat. A trench coat, which is also three children. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so the thing with the the inspector, if I'm gonna tie it back to the beginning of the episode, right, I'd right, say right, right, right. it it. So Piper is really not in a good way. She is she's, not. She's not. She's been attacked. Yeah, yeah. But, but she's already um, crabby. She's snapping at people already at this doctor who is being a dick though. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of like, you'll be fine. And she's like, easy for you to say, bitch. Yeah. He doesn't even know what's going on with her, like anything. Yeah. So, I mean, doctors don't understand um, he like was mystical creatures. One that also, he was, treating, he was treating the wound. He was not treating the patient. That is not what Piper needed in that it's moment. It's true. You know? No, she needed a nice little hug and a exactly. kiss on the head. Kiss on the head and like probably like maybe some garlic to rub on that Wendigo wound. To, like, burn off the Wendigo. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, basically, uh, it's in this, in the hospital that we meet uh, Agent Fallon. Right. And, and Andy is there, too. And they're there to, like, ask Piper about who attacked her and what she saw. Right, because and, Andy uh, is the one who contacted Prue and Phoebe. Because he must have gotten the call first. And he's like, oh, hey, I know this person. Called the sisters. Everyone's at the hospital and they're all meeting at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she's describing this, the Wendigo again, it's like as you describe, she's like, um, so it was furry, and and Agent Fallon's like with yellow eyes and like long <laughs> oh talon-like God. fingers. Yes. Did it look like, like this? Right. Or maybe like this? <laughs> like, lady, you're doing. 
You're doing such a bad job of, like, staying <laughs> under the radar. You know, she wants to get caught, though. She wants to get caught. Like, every killer, she wants to get caught. Yeah, she does. She does. She does. Yeah. And it also, like, maybe doesn't even matter that much to her anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, like, I don't know what her Wendigo business is. I don't know what Wendigos do. Yeah. I mean, Wendigos have hearts of ice, according to Charmed. Right. As according uh, to Charmed, uh... So we'll get we'll get there we'll get there. So we leave the hospital. Yeah. We also subplot in this episode, which takes us to weird places. Um, oh, the is yeah, oh, oh the subplot, yeah, yeah. Is Phoebe needs a job, and Pipe no Prue needs help at the auction house. So actually, at the top of the episode, while Phoebe is talking to Piper, she's also talking to Prue IRL, not IRP, over the phone. Or in the, in, in real in, in real phone, in real phone. <laughs> in real phone. Exactly. Thank you. Um, and uh, Phoebe is convincing Prue to be like, "Yo, just hire me. I'm good with people. I'm good with computrons. I have premonitions, which could be an asset for some reason. I forget how she like pitches it." And Prue is like, "Oh, this is probably gonna be a bad idea, but sure, why not?" So, mm-hmm. Prue and Phoebe being at Buckland's is a whole thing this episode, where we get a lot of, like, kind of, like, fun hijinks. A lot of eyeballs. There's a one eyeball Dude. after eyeball <laughs> moment, honey. Like, whoo! Eyes were that going off the ball. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, one of the things they found was this, or had to appraise, was this, like, bracelet with a with initials of some kid named terry lane right right, right. let's and... let's let's just burn through this let's burn through this subplot because i think it's like one funny and i think it like deserves its own like narrative thread all in one go because yeah for sure because yeah so we get phoebe gets a premonition and first it's just of a car going kind of off of a cliff uh and she sees this like bracelet or necklace fall off and she's like, oh, yes. my God, like, this could mean something. And Prue is like, okay, like, does it really need to mean something? Because, like, we're supposed to sell that. <laughs> like, we could just maybe just forget about this. She's like, no, 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 no. I got to find out more. Like, delay this as much as you can. And then cue, like, bank boss lady who's still around. And she's like, oh. Claire. 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 Claire comes in. She's like, oh, this gold bracelet? We got to sell this. I know a bunch of people who already want to buy this. Because, like, they also have the initials TNL, and uh, right. it, apparently it's a sought-after item. It was worth, like, what? Like, $400, $375? which I'm like, if a big-name auction house is, like, selling things for like, that Exactly, cheap. like, come on. But I guess but, like, they were in, they were in, uh, they were closely bankrupt recently. Yes, but I guess my thing is, like, last week we had... Like, this really, like, this ancient Egyptian vase Oh, thing. right, right. And then we have some, like, child, it's some child's bracelet. And, like, yeah, we had a, we have an original stickly lamp in this episode. I don't know what a stickly actually is. They just re- <laughs> they reference a it a couple is. times. Uh, um, but, yeah, so, basically, Prue, no, Phoebe is like, yeah, we can't sell this. Right, We have right. to keep it. Until we can and find out more, kind of thing. Until we can find out more. So there's this auction scene where, <laughs> like, it's up for auction, and, like, people are just like, 
uh, going for 300 and some put, guy puts like the flap, like the paddle up with his number and like Prue shoots it down with her eyeballs. Yes. And, like keeps doing that for everyone who puts their paddles up. To a lot of people. And like it's eyeball a clock over here. We're getting one shot of Prue's eyeballs. <laughs> We're getting another shot of Prue's eyeballs. She's squinting up. She's squinting with both eyes. She's squinting with one eye. She's staring widely. You know what I mean? It was Yeah, she's winking with both eyes. Winking with one eye. Her eyes are rolling around. <laughs> exactly. Um, At one point, yeah, they pop off and do the Macarena. It was a lot. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, and everyone is like overtime honey yeah overtime eyeball overtime um and everyone's like flummoxed it's like it's kind of a funny scene it's like a little slapstick you know what i mean yeah but i'm just like everyone just gave up so hard yeah they're like oh i guess no one can bid on this because someone's eyeballs keep getting in the way or something (laughs) they're gonna slap that shit down i would have just stood up and be like can i fucking buy this right 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 but no one wanted i guess that like child's bracelet that badly which i also understand yeah it's a child's bracelet so phoebe engraved with someone's initials yeah terry lane Lane. (laughs) not to be mistaken for terry shifo Oh, okay. Like, you're right. Not to be mistaken by. I wasn't shiving no, with it, but I, now I'm shiving. Anyways. Um, so. <laughs> Poor Terry. Poor Terry. But, like, when I'm getting my baked potato, I want it with sour cream and shivos, you know? <laughs> and that's a fact. Oh that's God. a fact. Um, so... Yeah, you don't shive away from telling the truth. <laughs> when, put, when push comes to shive, I'm gonna push. <laughs> I'm gonna shive. Anyway. Who? <laughs> touche. Touche, madam. <laughs> touche. Anyways. So let's get back to the Terry Lane of it all, if we could. Because Phoebe... I don't know if I can. Yeah, we know. I know, anyway. I know. So, so Phoebe is like doing some investigating and she's up on the interwebs and like <laughs> blocking calls and like finding stuff and talking to random ass people. And the story is kind of convoluted here because I think, dude, I think yeah. how it turns out is Terry Lane is a little girl, at least yes. like before, like, and she gets abducted by her father. Yes. But the private investigator. Hired by her mom, like, I don't know, Judith Lane? Something like that? Uh, sure. Sure, sure. Gets hired by someone who then, like, I guess... He doesn't find the bracelet, though. Yeah. Dude, it's, I, don't, I don't know. And some of the stuff this... is also pretty funny, because it's like, oh, hey, Phoebe, how did you find out what road it was? Like, oh, I recognized it. And it's like, oh, oh okay. how did you know that thing? It's like, oh, yeah, I already knew that. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> damn, bitch. Like, I guess that's how, that's how it goes. And how did, how did they find Terry in the end? So listen, I don't know. I do not understand how this happens because. <laughs> right. And I think this is uh, all in the course of one day, by the way. Um. Yeah, dude. All in the course of so yeah, let's like let's set it up for context for the non-listener. Yeah, Phoebe starts working for Prue in the morning. She gets a premonition. Let's call it nine thirty max. 
Because it looks like they're already in the midst of work. She spends the morning researching up on the nascent Tyler Perry social media and all that stuff. And that's like, call it like noon times. So we're saying between the time of like 1 p.m. and like 5 p.m., like quitting time or like around sundown, she managed to track down a little girl, track down her mother, and then reunite the two in a very white savior moment. It was like... Right? It was okay. too much. It was too yes. much. Yes. Okay, so when she knocks on the woman's door and this woman's like... Who the fuck Harriet is this Lane. White Harriet woman? Lane. Harriet Lane. Harriet Lane, who you know just came off of working like a twelve-hour nursing shift. I don't know why I know that she's a nurse. Because that's, uh, that's so racist. It's true, but I feel like she was wearing like nurses' scrubs or something. Mm, but I, I, yeah, she's just a woman trying to move on with her life. Yeah, Harriet Lane was trying to get in her lane and do her thing. Right, and then some like like young thin white woman knocks on her door and is like here's this necklace you do you recognize this? it yeah it's like fuck like how traumatizing Super. why not just why not just start okay and she's like um i don't want to talk about it and like phoebe like pushes the door open yes. more when she's about to close it and she's like no like i know it belonged to your daughter terry no, i know Fe- she went missing phoebe says like your daughter what's her name and here is, like, right. Terry, like, Terry is, Terry Lane, like, do you know where she is? And then, like, Phoebe pulls the whole, well, like, let me show you. Like, the smug, you know, paternal smile, and then, like, there is her daughter, who has been missing right. for X amount of years. God knows how long. Yeah, because like- it seemed like Terry Lane <laughs> went missing when she was, like, seven. And Terry Lane is, like, 14 at this point. Right, and, like... They bring her like she's hiding behind a corner. Yeah, and like, it was oh, it was very oh, it was very it was very Oprah reveal without the Oprah. You know what I mean? <laughs> very that. Um, like behind this curtain, yeah. it's your missing <laughs> daughter. You've been looking oh. for her for a decade, and I found her in one day. Just goes to show you, white people really are the best. <laughs> Why people get at it doing done. things yeah, exactly um, at finding and yeah, keeping dude. children. Like, okay, if you weren't just trying to like trigger her for no reason and like make her feel a type of way, because um, being like, oh, what's your daughter's name? Here's your missing daughter. Shit, it's like just show you, like bring the daughter to the door <laughs> from the get go. Be like, hey, you should probably lead this. You're her daughter. Yeah, yeah, it's just, like, he, the daughter go knock on the door. Yeah, like, but you... But the daughter, like, where was the daughter? Like, was she chilling at a, at the mall or Denny's or something? Like, <laughs> like oh, she, you know the reveal with my mom yet? Should I come? Oh, oh, uh, yeah? Oh, 15? Okay, I'll, I'll be over in a second. But I'm just, like, where did they find her? Oh, so that, yeah, where did they find Terry Lane? Um, yeah, <laughs> it was It was weird. It was weird, and I was like, am I watching Touched by an Angel without any of the, right. like, I don't know. I, it was very Touched by an Angel. Um, yeah. Weird. Uh, also, I feel like with <coughs> with this episode, and, like, this is, like, getting very, very far ahead. and Because eventually they kind of, like, move Phoebe into, like, a, like, she ends up kind of working at a newspaper. And I thought with this episode... It would be a very easy plot device for Phoebe 
to either be an investigative reporter or just a regular reporter or like a PI. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like is that like yeah. writes itself? Yeah, she would be very good at that. But I think like she doesn't have she's not making any sensible decisions. She's just like, oh, I'm gonna be a a genie at a hotel. <laughs> or, like, oh, I'm going to, like, work at an auction house for vague reasons. Well, yeah, I think, oh, like, the gonna... reason is, like, she needs money fast and OnlyFans does not exist yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to date a guy with a truck. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think she thinks yeah, exactly. about her life. Oh, your name's Clay. Uh, anyway, but I don't know, but um, Phoebe is also, like, only 22. Yeah. I mean, she's like going to make these stupid decisions but yeah this the subplot was ridiculous and then at the end she kind of decides that like it maybe isn't for her because she's liable to have visions every time she picks up any item at Buckland's and it could just be too emotionally exhausting for her right um which all right i like it you could just choose to ignore these visions yeah why do you need yeah and it's not to say that like every item has like a weird tragic past that you have to like go fix yeah i i I also like i think like you know the larger thing and even piper says because she is like oh the reason why i had to get into this accident if we're gonna get to the a plot in a minute part of that a plot is phoebe and Prue being like, hey, Piper, just don't get involved in this because, you know, there's an FBI agent on this. There's, like, Andy. There's this random dude named Billy who's apparently on the case. And, like, you don't need to do anything anymore. Like, you're the innocent here. And she... Well, she does kind of want to do it anyway because she feels like because it happened to her, it means that she has to do something about it. Exactly, exactly. So going to that thought, I'm back at the station. I picked up the train. And... The, I think that that point is, like, you're going to get these visions or, like, you're going to, like, get into these situations regardless of what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. like, if you're meant to have a vision, like, you're going to have it. You know what I mean? So whatever mm-hmm. circumstances you're in, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, evil is everywhere. Exactly. I would actually hate to be one of them. It seems really fucking exhausting. It seems, like, super stressful. But yeah. that being said, I'd rather be equipped to deal with the evils of the world rather than be ignorant of them. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, I guess they are, yeah, they do have the tools to battle evil. But they just get into so many, so much wacky hijinks and, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's burden. <laughs> wacky hijinks. Uh, a lot of collateral damage. A lot of people die in their wake, essentially. Uh, which isn't fun, for, I guess, for the people involved, but it's fine for them. Um... Yeah, so basically, um, if we're returning to the A-plot, like, Piper is really thankful that Billy tried to save Okay, and hold, okay, fucking, can I, I need to talk about Billy and his sob story. (laughs) Like, Billy, I hate him so much. So, Billy, already coming in with a flare gun out of nowhere, mad suspicious. Yeah, very psycho behavior. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, and then, like, the next day, I think he, like, finds Piper at her place of work. And, like, goes to talk to her. Or something to that effect. Right. And stalker. Yeah. Super stalker. Soup stocks. And he... <laughs> soup stalker. Soup stalker. <laughs> um, not to be confused with. Yes. Um, Continue. Yeah. Uh, and then 
he proceeds to, like, tell Piper his sob story where he was too busy picking out a piece of firewood while his fiance's heart was getting ripped out and then her heart got ripped out, which is, like, tragic. Uh, and then, you know, he's been on this, like, mission for, I guess, for a couple of months. And uh, he, you know, he knows X amount of details, but not too much more. And, like, Agent Fallon is, like, also, like, on the case. Like, she's a believer as well. Yes. Um, yes. And, yeah, that, that's, like, that's Billy's whole deal. And I guess we're, like, he also, no, 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 no. He also says some weird, creepy shit. Because he says something to Piper to the effect of, like, Yes. Oh, you remind me of my fiancé. And it's, like, what? Like, yeah, like, you're, you're beautiful or something. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Amazing. You know, I've been tracking this thing for two months, and one night you're a PhD Wendigo. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. He did say that. The fucking... Right. Fucking putts. Uh, yeah, so Billy knows that it's afraid of fire. Uh, listen, Billy just says some creepy shit to Piper, where he's like, oh, you're so beautiful. No, 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 yeah. Because he says something like, I'm not really sure what it drives, like, what drives to kill it. Maybe beauty. And then Piper, beauty is like, like Piper is like, ah, and like awkwardly shifts in her chair. And then afterwards, he says to her, like, oh yeah, you remind me of my dead fiance who got her heart ripped out. And it's like, what? Yes. Creepy, dude. Yes. Yes, very creepy. Um, but in all of this, um, Piper, the way that she wants to help out is by consulting the Book of Shadows. Right, right. And right, there right. is an entry on the Wendigo, but there isn't a spell to vanquish a Wendigo. Yeah, it's more and... like Wendigo backstory, which is as we learn, um, and the Book of Shadows uses a he pronoun. It's to say that when a lover, like, rips the heart out of their other lover and then eats it, and then their heart turns into ice, which then makes them the werewolf, which is also a Wendigo. Right. Because also, um, Wendigos only kill during the full moon, much like werewolves. Yes. Yes, and they learn that um, there's, like, an, they they have to, like, learn how to unbecome. So, like, to unbecome a Wendigo, you would need to kill the Wendigo. Right, which is also, like, I mean, sure, why not? Um, right. And that's, like, like a, yeah, that's, like, a... You have to kill the Wendigo. Yeah, you gotta... Oh, yes. <laughs> that's, like, a classic charmed resolution of like oh the way to resolve the situation because the way to solve all this kill that motherfucking thing right and like shatter its heart of ice yeah or, or like shit. vanquish okay, right. it or like dissolve it into dust they're not technically human even though like i don't know it seemed like agent fallon had a whole life right and she does give a backstory about how she had a man at one point and she was married? Was she married? She gives, like, she got divorced. Or something to that effect. She says that she was in, like, a very, like, legit relationship. And, like, she was, like, head over heels for this, uh, Wendigo. He wasn't a Wendigo. He was a regular guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a regular guy. He was a regular Joe. Um, he wasn't a Wendigo. He's a regular Joe. A Wended Joe. A regular anyway. Um, where'd you go? <laughs> where'd you go, Where'd you go? Anyway. That's terrible. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, let's stop. Let's stop. Let's stop. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, she was with this guy who just, like, up and left her suddenly. And then her heart, 
like was shattered after this and like she like never loved again and yeah now she, she only cares about casual sex right she said right, to right. Andy. also murder as well because uh, yeah she like she she has these lines where she's like yeah then i i became strong like the way i needed to when and i'm like yeah now i only care about casual sex which it's like a like, it's like a weird interaction between her and Andy where Andy's like, okay, cool. I get where you're going with this, but also like, can you relax, please? Uh, right. Yeah. She she was like, oh, want to go for a walk tonight in the park where the body was found or whatever. Yes. Like where yes, and she's the like, park where so Piper was attacked at night yes, on the day so of lusty. The, the, and he's like mad lusty about it. I also love yeah, how mad um, lusty. They're in, I think they're in the, the Japanese gardens in, like, whatever park that is in San Francisco. And I I, I like the, the throwaway line where Agent Fallon is like, oh, this is a nice spot. You ever go here with Piper's sister? And Trudeau was like, no, Piper's too highbrow for this sort of thing. And I was like, Piper's or too highbrow. Oh, Prue. Prue's too highbrow for, like, a lovely garden in a park? She likes her cocktails, Mama. Oh, right, right, right. And, like, right, a fancy right. bar. Oh, also, okay, listen. I know we're on, like, kind of a food journey with uh, Prue Hallowell. Um, but we need to address. There is the scene after the morning of the uh, the Wendigo attack. Where? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my God. I know exactly, exactly okay, what you're okay, talking okay, about. Okay, 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 okay. So, I think it's used as a way to show that, like, Piper is not quite in, like, the best state of mind right now. She's not, like, totally herself. Because, like, OG Piper would not be letting something boil all willy-nilly. But I guess the real question is, what is being left to boil willy-nilly? Because it looks like what could only be gruel. It looks like (laughs) beige sludge um, that is boiling at a rapid pace... And then Prue, in her infinite eyeball knowledge, turns down the rapidly boiling gruel to, I guess, a normal level, puts it into a bowl as if it is regular food that one eats in any sort of morning, and presents it to Piper as in, here you go, this will make you better. And I was like, are we in an orphanage, and is it 1885? Right, it does look like gruel. It's like, please, sad, may have And it's like, no, you can't, because... Honestly, you don't want it anymore. I know it's like it's a funny line, <laughs> but this is actually going to make you more sick. Yeah, it it, it looks like um, overcooked oatmeal, and she made like a whole bag of it. Yeah, at once. At once uh, there there are three people in that house. That is enough to feed like twenty five. Um, way yeah. too much water. It's been boiling for four hours. It's liquefied. It's liquefied. It's the oatmeal is liquefied. Um, in what I will say is like maybe Prue made it and not Piper and that's why it looks like that and Prue was probably like or Piper was probably like what is this fucking shit and didn't eat it this is what I'm saying in my head mm. canon because I believe Prue would make that I wouldn't believe Piper would make that no Piper wouldn't and I guess that is character development or like a character trait because now we know she enjoys turkey no mayo 
she microwaves broccoli oh, yeah. and she can't cook for shit. Yeah. So maybe she microwaves broccoli because she doesn't know what she's doing in the kitchen at all. Or, and she relies on sandwich lady for her sandwiches because she's not a real woman who can make her own damn sandwich. Yeah, that or like her, she's like, because what like the, the common denominator I'm getting is like devoid of flavor. You know what I mean? It's like you're <laughs> serving gruel. You're microwaving broccoli. You want turkey, no mayo. It's like, is salt, like, spicy to you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or she's, like, preoccupied with maintaining her figure. Yeah, I guess. I guess gruel would be good for that. It's grueling. <laughs> gruel? <laughs> gruel. Yeah. I feel like you'd be, you'd burn calories trying to digest <laughs> that. Yeah, it's a grueling process. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, Piper is becoming more and more Wendigo. Yeah, she's Wendigo gone girl. Going through it. She's Wendigo. <laughs> she really is though. She really is. Um Yeah, like it she starts, is it like starts, becoming snappy. It starts like she's like the the part where she's like got scratched, she's like turning hairy and weird. Uh and then yeah, her mood starts crashing. This is where the 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 Asian man who's probably three children in one coat, comes to her <laughs> place of work, razzles her, and then she has to go home. Uh, also, yeah. okay, listen, this is, like, some, like, deep, charmed lore. But let's say, I don't know, anywhere between 7 to, like, 10 to 12 years ago, very late at night, one was YouTubing random charmed episode videos with interviews with the cast members, and I remember Holly Marie mm-hmm. Combs saying that this episode was like the moment where she was like oh like why do i like i my character keeps getting these like crazy things happening to her she's like you know the wendigo shit and like there's a couple other examples and i think we've like seen it already where you know piper is the character to like really you know go through it or like have this like crazy stuff happening to her and the uh i mean hollywood combs was like she, like, asks this to, like, I think, like, one of the directors, and the director was like, oh, well, like, you know, they're, they're making sure that we can, like, handle it. Because Alyssa Milano and Shannon Doherty were, like, already established, like, kind of stars and, like, TV people. Mm. And I guess had already, like, worked, they, they, they knew that they worked in the biz already. Uh, so she framed it as in they were kind of, like, putting her through the ringer to make sure she could hack it. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But I guess it does make her more memorable at the end, right? Because now I feel like this is really Piper's show. I've said this before. I mean, it is. It is. It's like Piper is the shadow main character, at least for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she like she's going through some real shit, and they fucking handcuffed her to some pipes in the oh, attic. Oh, dude, I love how Phoebe has like, <laughs> Handcuffs. When they go out, yeah, they go out to what do they go out to do? They go out to uh, go murder do that bitch. Something. Oh right, yeah, because <laughs> right because Phoebe has a premonition right. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, Agent and then Fallon is actually yeah uh, she yeah sees that it's Agent Fallon who is the Wendigo. So they rush out to the park, and that's where he like. That's where Agent Fallon has lured Andy, um, you know, under the guise of wanting to kind of stake out the park and, and, and like, because, okay, so one thing we didn't talk about is that the Wendigo strikes 
on three nights right. during it's the, the full three moon, phases yes, of the full phase, moon. It's very werewolf. Werewolf rules apply. And also AB negative is like her shit. Yes. And um, all the victims were AB negative, and Andy is AB negative, as it turns out. Yes. And, and we do get to see a little bit of Andy Trudeau nipple, I will say. He, we we see some bare chest, and we see some neck. <laughs> You're fucking perfect. I'm just I saying, it was kind of hot. I was like, oh, you got like a little bit of chest, Andy Trudeau. It's nice to see it. Yeah. Most of, this, like, most yeah, of the sex appeal Andy Trudeau serves is like bad 90s spiky hair. And like, that's not a good look. Like, you know, his tuft of chest hair and his nip? Good look. Yeah, okay. He's giving us some skin, honey. Exactly. He's always and bundled up in these coats. Yeah. I mean, a, a return of the coat. <laughs> I know. Attack of the coats. Attack of the coats. Attack of the return of the coats who've already been here for a while. <laughs> um. Anyway, those coats need to go to the cleaners. Oh. I don't know what I'm saying. Those coats need to hit the rack. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one baby anyway um so yeah during all of this as we've stated agent fallon's being like mad creeps Dude, to Andy. so creepy oh like, that was like i guess part of it because yeah like we've already stated that she openly says to him i'm only interested in casual sex and then proceeds to glare at him like she's gonna eat him um right which is what she proceeds and she's to like do. Right, right. She, but she's like, does that like weird you out, or does that put you off? Yeah. And he's like, no. I was just wondering where you were when I was in college. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, a cop went to college, right? I thought you guys didn't even need to read. Right, really. exactly. When does a cop ever need to read? Yeah, no, they don't. They, um, yeah, buttons so, and <laughs> guns, buttons and triggers. Um, so. Yeah, basically, like, she goes in for a kiss, like, kiss, but then she turns into a fucking Wendigo and, like, attacks him. I know! She wouldn't have, she wouldn't have went there and she wouldn't have gone. She, like, slashed the middle of his chest, but, like, didn't get his heart because uh, Piper and, no, not Piper, Prue and Phoebe bust at the scene uh, in the Nickelback of Time. Exactly. Um, and I think Piper at this point, like, yes, yes, also yes, catches yes. up to them and freezes. So it's the scene. it's a it's a it's a it's a who's on first situation, which I don't really know if that applies, but we're gonna go with it because they're shooting flares at the Wendigo creature, and it's like, okay, there she is, she's scared off. Oh, there she is again, scared off. And then Phoebe's like, oh, she's right there, and Piper's like. Approves like no 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 she's right there and then no I'm looking at her and then they're like oh well I guess there are two of them one of them is Piper and they I don't know I forget who has the gun I think Prue has the gun she shoots one and Wendigo Piper freezes time to which clues everyone that they chose the wrong one Prue yes. eyeballs and, the flare mm -hmm. over the yes eyeball <laughs> yes eyeball. <laughs> Uh, of course, you need to be said. It was a freeze eyeball combo. I know, I know. We rarely get a, we rarely get a combo. Um, I appreciated the teamwork me too, there. me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. It was a freeze eyeball. Uh, threw that flare over there, up to the real Wendigo. She catches fire, and Wendigos are allergic to fire, as we've, I guess, been told already in this episode several times. Mm -hmm. Or implied. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. she catches fire. That makes Piper turn out all good because as if you kill the Queen Wendigo, 
the rest turned back to normal. Yes. And, um, yeah, Piper is fine. Andy is fine. And at the end of the episode, uh, one of the sisters is like, hey, Prue, what did you end right. up telling Andy about what happened? And she was like, honestly, I had to tell him the truth. <laughs> like, there's nothing else that I could say to cover for the fact that we were there. The when He knows the Wendigo is real. Like, he saw us at the scene of the crime. Like, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and then Piper asks, like, what did he say? And Prue just goes like, yeah, like, not much. Either he was too stunned or... He is, like, coming to terms with things. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that transpires. I still kind of ship them. Me too! Me too! I think they can work it out. I think Prue is very unfair to Andy Trudeau in terms of explaining the situation and really giving him the lowdown of what, you know, the witchdom really means. Yes. Um, I think she was a little bit unfair, too. I think all he needed was some time, and I think now he's a true believer. Yeah, and yeah. so long as he's like, so long as he is a cop in San Francisco, like none of these problems are gonna go away. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess like the challenges he'll always have to keep covering for Prue. Yeah, which is convenient for her. Right, and but I, I guess yeah, but he can't like cover his own ass if like his boss is like how do you who did this you you, do you know anything about this and then he has to lie every time (laughs) yeah 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 it's not really uh instead of just instead of being like she's a witch you know yeah because she'll get well she'll get burned at the stake according to charm rules but she would really get hanged right and we are pro burning pro burning yeah if you're gonna kill a witch burn at the stake please have the respect have the respect r-e-s-b-e-c-t please Put a stake on me. Stake in me. Yeah, but like, but. <laughs> please. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Please put a stake on me and light it up, 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 light it up. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Right. Wow, that's how that song goes. It is. That, the original. Um. Anyway, so we, you know, we arrived at the end of this episode. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Is this what a Wendigo is? Honestly, I Google. Oh, it's not. A Wendigo it's not. It's not. I feel like we Yeah, we've talked creature. about Wendigos on this podcast before. I feel yeah, like we've had this conversation. This is not what Wendigos are. No, they're. It's not, and like it's you know of Canadian and you know North American Indigenous origin. I think though, predominantly, um, I think like I mean again, I'm going through what comic books have taught me, and I'm not going to say they're necessarily mm-hmm. accurate. But I do think it's, like, generally predominantly, like, Canadian, what you would say, yes. indigenous. Yes, for sure. And it says on the CanadianEncyclopedia.ca oh. that Wendigos are described as powerful monsters that have a desire to kill and eat their victims. Right. In most legends, humans transform into Wendigos because of their greed or weakness. Various indigenous... Tra- Traditions consider Wendigos dangerous because of their thirst for blood and their ability to infect otherwise healthy people or communities with evil. Yes. So So I think the, and I forget where I'm pulling this from, it might have been, honestly, and I'm not joking when I say this, it could have been like a legit, like, academic reading or an episode of Supernatural. I'm not sure. One or the other. I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure, like, the oh, Wendigo 
tale was a cautionary tale against cannibalism because like repeated you like repeated eating of human flesh i think like fucks up your brain uh and like that's like what it points to is like you become you know not quite human you know what i mean yes yeah it says on this page that it's also a cautionary tale about isolation and selfishness. Okay. And the importance of community. Yeah, I could also, like, but, it, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm reading, like, I'm reading Joseph Campbell right now. I have one of his books. So if you want to, like, mm-hmm. really get into the subtext of, like, the myth, they're kind of the same thing. Because, like, what is cannibalism if not the most extreme violation, like, of the community? Like, you're eating one of yeah. your other selves, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then I, the Wendigo also, I guess, the Wendigo also preys on people who are socially disconnected. Well, that makes sense then. And then it just feeds, it's like, so you're preying on someone socially disconnected and then you become this monster. Like, and then you're like, you know, feeding that, like, and then you become a cannibal because you're socially disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of like a sick, like a negative feedback loop. Yeah. So I feel like it has nothing at all whatsoever. No, this is... What we this, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, like I said, this was a werewolf in Wendigo's clothing. Yeah. With, like, a scorned yeah. lover thing in the mix, I guess. Which could apply to, yeah. like, ugh, anything. I don't know. Right. I think they just needed a new creature, and they were like, we're gonna make this bitch whatever we want to yeah. make, even though we're clearly appropriating another culture in doing so, and doing, like, a piss-poor job of Listen, it. Listen, it's not gonna be the- f- it, wa- it hasn't been the first time it charmed, and it won't be the last. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what yeah, we love about I this best. It's, like, it's kind of the best truly... part. Like, in the worst way. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the how Jeb and the Holograms handles literally Anything. any other culture. Yeah, or like themes, any theme. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I missed Jeb. No, I know. Um, anyway, um, my niece found so, yeah, it a little scary. Is... You know how the first episode of Jeb is like a little scary. Yes. And like, I was like, shit, I shouldn't have shown her that episode. I gotta show her one that's like more ha- just like off the ball, like high energy. Dude, there's no episode of Jem that's happy. <laughs> they're all a like, little scary, right? They're very dark. Yeah, they're like so there's weird. always a bitch trying to murder another bitch. <laughs> like they're orphans <laughs> who are sad. Honestly, and needy. yeah, you're right. Jerica is like de- deranged, demented. actually demented. Truly, yeah, she's demented, deranged, delusional, yeah, yeah, all yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah. That Wendy is gone. Of- um, yeah, so I feel like there, there's a lot of trouble underneath the, uh, sparkly surface. Oh, I mean, I knew that. I was already aware of that. I guess I just didn't expect us, like, a five-year-old to pick up on it, but <laughs> if it's there, Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, she, Jerrica in the first episode is at her dad's funeral. I know, and, and there's- Eric Raymond, like, pulls up next to her. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. Oh, like, lightly evil. rapes her a little bit. Not actually, but, like, metaphorically. Uh, but, she, yeah. And then also, like, there's the creepy part with, like, uh, synergy. And, like, she appears as a ghost at first. And she's kind of like a creepy spirit. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it now that we're talking about it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so with all of that, um, 
this brings us to the end of our episode. If uh, you liked what you heard, and I'm sure you did, mm-hmm. if you know, if you had ears, you liked it. Oh, you got earbuds? Um, Come on. <laughs> Uh, check us out on our Tyler Perry social medias, uh, Gem Girls podcast on Instagram. Don't go to Twitter. Go to we're Twitter. not there we're anymore. There. It's become X. We're not even in the X generation. Bro. Exactly. Um, it's just that we both have moral misgivings with the owner of the company. <laughs> we will not name. And no. that's it. And that's it. That's all we're going to say. We've had personal disputes with the primary shareholder of that company. And that's all we'll say. Yes. Yeah. And it yeah, may or may not involve it. Azalea Banks, is all we're saying. Who? Azalea Banks. Oh, Azalea Banks. Yeah, Azalea yeah, yeah. Banks. Sorry, we're yeah. in Canada. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> also. You know. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Take us there. Take us there. Take us we're there. already here, baby. And where here is, is the pod, Paul. The Ron Paul. Uh, and by that, we mean the podcast policy, which is our policy regarding what you can do to help us spread the word of whatever mm-hmm. I guess we're doing here, or whatever this is. Uh, what we're saying mm-hmm. is just like, give us five stars and a positive review. <laughs> Wherever you find podcast, uh, podcast singular, because you're only listening to one, baby, and it's this one. Uh, so please yes. give it five stars and a positive review. It's the only thing you're listening to, so it might as well be a five-star podcast with a five-star review. Yeah. You know what I mean? We give you hours and hours and Dude, hours and this hours. This is the condensed of version of this. You don't know every episode is eight hours to like record <laughs> and then meditate afterwards so I don't kill myself. Right. We sage the room. We oh, sage, do we a be sound smudging bath. up in here. I got many yeah. a sigil, a few vevs just in case. Mm. Yeah. I have a really nice caftan. Anyway. Yeah, you do. It's true, though. It has very, it's very powerful. Anyway. So with all that said and done. Until next until time. Until next time. Oh, bitch, you did not <laughs> have it. You did not even have it. Don't tell me that you did. Until next time. Stay, stay outrageous. outrageous. Bye. Bye-bye.